Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome into Sox on Tap. I am Johnny Nani, joined tonight by my dude, NWI Steve. We are here to talk about a White Sox six-game winning streak after tonight's victory 3-2 over the Milwaukee Brewers. Before we get into this game, make sure you go to ontapsports.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter, at Sox on Tap and at ontapsportsnet. So, Steve, uh, how are we feeling after tonight's win? Six in a row. Hey, yo, Johnny. Feeling real good, man, after a nice six-game winning streak. It's been a long time since we've had one of these to talk about. Yeah, it, it has been a while. I can't even remember the last White Sox six-game winning streak. Um, but we, you and I, before we jumped on, we were kind of talking about the last time it was this much fun to watch White Sox baseball, and you'd pointed out that the last time probably was that brief stretch at the beginning of the 2016 season. Agreed? Yeah, definitely. That was the infamous year when they started out 23-10. Uh, and 10. Hashtag never forget. And then uh, <laughs> had, the Matt, had the Matt Albers game down in Texas, and it all just went downhill since then. And next thing you know, we're rebuilding. And uh, here we are now, four and a half years later. Yeah, yeah, it's been a process. Uh, but hey, we're here, and we're finally getting to uh, enjoy the fruits of the tedious uh, nature that was the rebuild. So um, let's get into this thing. Um, first of all, I'm going to start with some news bits here. Uh, earlier today, Carlos Rodon is placed on the 10-day injured list of shoulder soreness. Brady Lale called up uh, from Schaumburg in his place, and Luis Basabi was DFA'd. I thought that was an interesting move. Um, did that, that shock you at all? I kind of thought they would have gone more of giving Nicky Delmonico the axe here. You know, it, it was definitely a little bit surprising, you know, to see that happening with Basabe. Um, I know they do have a little bit of a 40-man roster crunch coming up here at the end of this season, but I definitely was not expecting him to be the guy that was going to be the casualty here with uh, Rodon going on the DL. Yeah, uh, definitely interesting. I just wanted to point that out because uh, there's a lot of commentary about it on Twitter today. So just wanted to get your take there. Uh, moving on from news from tonight's game, uh, that's why this episode is called uh, Bubble Wrap Investment Strategies. Um, Nick Madrigal leaves this game in the third inning, uh, sliding into third base. Uh, he looks like it dislocated his left shoulder. First, it looked like it could have been a wrist, but as he was sliding in, uh, the arm kind of was twisted awkwardly, um, and he was out at third and then was pulled out of the game after that. He'll be reevaluated when they get back to Chicago tomorrow. Um, Edwin Encarnacion also exited this game with left shoulder soreness. Looked like he may have hyperextended on a swing um, in the middle of this game. And then Juan Mancata trying to beat out um, a ground ball to first base. Kind of looked like he overextended his knee. They were looking at him, the trainers were, when he got back to the dugout. But he remained in the game, so that was, uh, thankfully, uh, three injuries tonight would have been um, ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, but invest in your bubble wrap now. The Sox can go up. The White Sox going to have to do this to protect their players here. So um, the, let's get into this game, though. Uh, Steve, you know, this is another come-from-behind win for the White Sox. And our guy Andrew Kinsler had put that out there. You know, it's all fun and jokes with the Ricky's boys don't quit stuff. But, you know, this team is resilient. You, you cannot deny that for as much of a boring cliche as that was in the rebuilding years. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely true here with this group and the fact that they actually have um, legitimate firepower pretty consistent throughout the entire lineup is something that is going to keep them in games for the overwhelming majority of the season here. And they're never really going to be in a position where they're going to be out of games uh, just because they can strike so quickly from up and down the lineup. So that's something that's obviously going to be enjoyable to see here. And I would anticipate we're probably going to see many more come from behind victories here this season with this group and what they have offensively. 
Yep. I, I mean, I think in uh, one swing can get you right back into it. Um, as we saw last night with the big fly, but even tonight, Abreu, uh, you know, uh, seventh inning again, single this time. Uh, but it got the job done, and that's what put the White Sox over the top. That was the game-winning run in this game. Um, looking back at the box score a little bit, uh, Milwaukee struck in the fifth inning. Uh, it was a two-run home run. Lucas Giolito hung a changeup, and Gamble heard it out to right field. Um, so the White Sox were down, but they came right back in the top of the sixth. Um, two of their own on a mammoth center field shot from Eloy Jimenez. And then, as I had mentioned, in the seventh inning, Danny Mendick getting on. Um, he reached on an air, was, uh, you know, advanced to second base on that throwing year uh, advanced to third on a wild pitch and then pito did the rest with uh, driving me in with the single so um nice to see that uh, and like i said second night in a row come from behind victory um i think this could become a theme uh for the white Sox. but uh overall just looking at some performances here lucas giolito pretty solid start for him outside of the home run allowed to gamble um only you know Overall, it was four hits, uh, two runs. Both of them earned those obviously came on the home run, three walks, nine strikeouts. Nice to see him missing bats again. Uh, the one home run, obviously. So um, uh, th- thoughts on uh, Giolito here tonight? Yeah, Giolito was solid again today. You know, I, I still don't think he had his A-level command of his fastball. And it's been kind of interesting to see how him and Grandal have worked here through his first three stars, really utilizing almost exclusively a fastball changeup combination. We're not really seeing breaking balls being utilized much at all. Um, we started to see them a little bit after the Gamble home run in the fifth inning. But prior to that, I don't know that he threw more than two or three breaking balls leading up to that uh, that sequence there with Gamble. So that's uh, been something pretty consistent through the first three starts here of the season. Um, and that's really a, a significant departure from what we've seen from Giolito in the past with his pitch mix. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on here going forward. And, um, you know, just wanted to circle back to something real quick, Johnny, as you were kind of circ- or as you were kind of talking about the offensive highlights here. Two guys that I've recently uh, written about uh, really coming through doing doing the damage here. Jose Abreu, again, late inning two out RBI situation here. As, as I mentioned, you know, he just has that knack for in those spots coming through, getting those runs in. And uh, Ricky, following my advice, putting Eloy in the number five spot today, and he makes it pay off with that big two-run bomb there, baby. Yeah, and that's not even all of it for Eloy. I mean, I know uh, that was the one that resulted in runs, and that's the big highlight, but he went three for four uh, in that spot. If, if you haven't checked out Steve's article over at ontapsportsnet.com, it is, um, you know, e- Eloy uh, highlighting basically how much of an improvement he's made uh, and how much more disruptive he is uh, in the middle of that lineup from all-star break of 2019 onward um, a, from you know the second half of last year and even into the early parts of the season. We're obviously seeing it uh, in the results here, Steve. So definitely a good topic. Uh, if you haven't read that yet, go check it out over at ontapsportsnet.com. Just click on the White Sox section. It'll be right at the top there. But yeah, uh, you seem to have a knack for it. Is it six, seven cents? What are we on now here? Yeah, I, th- I think we're at number seven right now. So hopefully we can just keep adding to that here with uh, you know some, some prophetic uh, articles coming up here in the weeks and months to come. Yeah, 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 absolutely, Steve. So um, nice to see that, though, uh, when a guy, you know, especially when you're talking him up, like a pick-to-click selection, even in that case. uh, And you you had mentioned that idea, too. I thought that was funny. When you had wrote it, uh, we didn't have a lineup for today. And by the time I got to edit it, the lineup had just come out. And sure enough, like you had said, Ricky, following your uh, plane of thought and uh, putting – Eloy in the five hole. So nice to see there. But um, any other takeaways here from uh, up and down box score? 
You know, um, I, th- I think offensively, it was a, certainly a very tough game. I mean, Brandon Woodruff went out there today, and he had some top-notch stuff going today. Just that that power-heavy sinker, um, you know, spotting a hard, nasty slider. So I mean, he really went out there, and he was just he was throwing up some nasty shit at at the Sox hitters this evening here. So you knew coming into this, this was probably going to be a a pretty tight game here. I think I had forecasted a four to two win last night with uh, Tony. But uh, Tone, Tone had actually nailed it with with three to two final. So uh, kudos to him on that one. But you know, again, this just kind of played out how we thought it was going to. Going to be a very well pitched um, game, and ultimately, you know, one of the things that really pushed this thing over the top was Eric Sogard making just you know a, a terrible defensive play and and making a throwing error that eventually set up the winning run to get on base there for the Sox. So being able to be opportunistic, dare I say. Yes. Yeah. That, that word. I love it. Um, but it's nice uh, having that script flip because I feel like in years past, that would be a, that's a White Sox thing where it would be us making that error to set up a game winning run situation. So yeah, a good job on the predictions. And um, you know, like you said, being opportunistic, love to see that. Um, I just want to get into a few observations, a few notes that I wrote down during the game. Um, you know, Christian Yelich tonight, going over three and he struck out three times uh he's off no no doubt to a rough start this year i believe he only has three hits uh on the season something like that so yeah he's hitting a ooh an 088 yikes but that brings me to my next point we have the brewers for two more games here they go back to chicago and play wednesday and thursday night against this team once again do not let you be the team that christian yelich gets hot against that will be my key for this, you know, upcoming next two games because you're seeing some of the same pitchers over and over again here. In uh, Yelich, he's obviously an MVP caliber player. We know that uh, it is a slow start for him to say the least, but you know he's itching to break out of that. So don't let it be against us. Um, other than that, uh, who would have had Nick Madrigal injuring himself on a slide before Luis Robert? Because Robert seemed to be notorious for it in the minor leagues. Yeah, that's one that definitely, um, I think, caught a lot of people by surprise. And I know White Sox Twitter was very much up in arms when this happened. You know, the early fear was that it was the wrist that Madrigal actually broke uh, during his junior season at Oregon State in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one that he wears the uh, sliding glove on there. So that was that was the fear initially with that. So I think the fact that it came back that it was a shoulder injury is probably the quote-unquote best-case scenario here in this particular spot, because if he would have broke his wrist right there, that pretty much would have shelved him for the remainder of the season. So, um, you know, still it's a, it's a tough break. And, you know, right now the, the Sox overall roster depth, which has been an area of contention for several years now, it's being put to the test here, you know, 10 days into the season. So hopefully they can weather this storm a little bit and hopefully Madrigal can be back out there in a couple of days here and uh, won't require an IL stint. Yeah, uh, definitely keeping an eye on that situation. Uh, my other takeaway here was for as much as I, and I'm guilty of this uh, as much as anyone, I've made it you know pretty public that I wasn't the hugest fan of the Nomar Mazar acquisition. I know that is not a, a unique opinion, uh, but and I still doubted him and everything, and obviously to no fault of his own, but he was on the injured list uh, early earlier for strep throat is what he said he had. Um, but uh, either way, he sat out for a while for this first week plus of games here. Um 
but tonight, you know, everyone, you know, we said, oh, okay, he can hit against, you know, uh, one-handed pitcher, you know, uh, that, that's about the strength there, and you're going to have to platoon him, all of this, there's all this talk. And then the other part was, oh, the defense is just, you know, lackluster, uh, it's poor. He made an unbelievable rangy catch going onto the track in uh, the fifth inning, and I, I was just so shocked by that. But it, it, it's great. I love being proven wrong, so I wouldn't expect that too much, but I just thought that was interesting. I don't know about you. Yeah, that w- that really was a hell of a play. I didn't think there was any chance in hell he was going to find his way to being able to catch that ball. And, uh, you know, we were certainly pleasantly surprised on that one. And we thought for a minute there they might have had a chance to double off uh, Logan Morrison in that particular spot because the Sox, um, I know their infield, they thought that Mor- Morrison did not tag up at second mm-hmm. base there. Uh, ultimately, you know, it appears that he did. But, yeah, that was uh, – that was the Pretty nice catch right there by Nomar. So hopefully we can see a little bit more of that. And maybe just getting a, some little bit better defensive positioning maybe could help him a little bit to kind of overcome some of the lack of range that he has on the defensive side. Yeah, and I think, you know, Luis Robert can help that positionally too, just physically less ground to cover. So it uh, be interesting to see that going forward. But, hey, off to a good start because this was his first time starting. I know he'd made pinch hit appearance, but this is his first time starting uh, in, in the White Sox lineup. So nice to see from Nomar Mazzara in his debut. Um, you got any other final observations from this game before we move it on down to the preview of the uh, two games that will be in Chicago? Yeah, uh, I got to give another shout out to to the bullpen overall here. You know, um, Aaron freaking bummer just coming in, slaying people again here. He looks like he's back to the Aaron bummer of 2019. Um, you know, Jimmy Cordero and Alex Colomay, Kind of, uh, we're both walking a little bit of a tightrope there in the eighth and ninth innings uh, of the game tonight, but uh, they were able to get it done. So the bullpen here is just really doing a, a stellar job through the first 10 games of this season here. And uh, that was an area that I think a lot of people, myself included, had some significant question marks about coming into the season. And uh, they've really kind of silenced a lot of those critics here early on. So it'll be nice to see that continue. Yeah, I can remember multiple articles that you wrote over the course of the winter. And, uh, you know, while we were kind of getting close to ramping back up here, um, obviously, while summer camps are going on and whatnot, but you made that a focal point, too. And definitely were some concerns, but very nice to see it, uh, for the most part, fairly stable um, outside of a few performances. Uh, the very beginning of the season, ever since then, it's been essentially a lockdown. Uh, you'd mentioned Aaron Bummer. It's so nasty. I love a good wipeout pitch, and he's so good at it. There's a reason why the K's pile up for him. So I uh, love seeing that and like you said yeah tightrope uh, and everybody gets nervous and i understand yeah at the end of the game you don't want to blow a lead uh but you know alex calme did get it done not always the prettiest thing what i tell you sometimes life is greasy uh, a little trailer park boys reference there but uh yeah it you know if it becomes an issue and i'm sure it's probably going to happen at some point it's inevitable um when you get yourself into that many uh situations like that you're probably going to get bit eventually so um, it'll be interesting to see what they do then. And I could totally see Aaron Bummer uh, slotting into that or a Cody Hoyer. But um, I feel like that's a discussion for uh, Sunday Funday. We have a little more elongated talks on it. So um, let's move on here. Um, we will preview uh, White Sox versus Brewers. Uh, that will be uh, Wednesday, August 5th, back at Guaranteed Rate Field, 7.10 p.m., uh, Central Time start. Um, weather is looking a little bit mild uh, for this one. So uh, it feels like 73 at first pitch at 7 p.m. there. Uh, 
53% humidity, uh, winds of the southeast at 7 miles an hour, and um, it'll be nice and cool. Uh, you know, it's been ridiculous. Feels like we've had a heat wave here, but uh, it'll get down into the uh, low 70s, upper 60s by the time this game is over. So um, be it won't be as hot uh, for the boys out there tomorrow night. Um, let's get into the pitching matchup here. Adrian Hauser. So uh, I have to excuse if you guys listen to the Sunday Funday episode. Tony and I were just going off of the projected starter on MLB.com, and we had previewed Adrian Hauser for uh, Monday's game, but that wasn't the case. He's starting on Wednesday here, so um, a little redundant here, but it'll be Adrian Hauser versus Dallas Keuchel. Um, Hauser, as we had mentioned, no record, uh, 1-8-0 ERA over the five innings uh, so far this season, 6-7, and 3-7-2 ERA over 111 in the third innings in 2019. Um, he did face the White Sox in the last exhibition game uh, that the White Sox played. If you remember, they played the Cubs twice, and then they played the Brewers back at home. Uh, he went four and two-thirds, looked pretty good then against the Sox. Um, Nomar Mazzara is the lone hitter uh, to face Hauser in the regular season and he is 0 for 2 so I just thought that was interesting looking up and down um, obviously Keuchel going for his third win for the White Sox he's 2-0, uh, 3-3-8 ERA only 3 strikeouts but he's getting it done at the ground ball and uh, like you had mentioned Steve battled through, you and me recap Friday night when he got his uh, second win uh, he battled through despite not having his best stuff uh, against Kansas City on Friday night so uh, what are you expecting in this one? You know, I'm expecting a nice bounce back effort from Diamond Dallas. You know, he did not have the sharp command in his last outing here, so I'm definitely looking for him to go out, pound the strike zone, get ahead of hitters, similar to what we saw in his debut against the Twins uh, almost two weeks ago here. So, you know, you mentioned the weather, and that's something that's going to come into play here because with it being a little bit cooler here for an August night, the ball might not be as lively. You know, the, the park, you know, as we know, um, this time of year when, when it gets warm, the ball just jumps out of there. It's a damn launching pad. So, you know, the ball might be a little more depressed tomorrow and, uh, looking for, for some nice ground balls, looking for Leury and Yolanda to get a workout there on the left side of the infield. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if the Sox hitters having seen Hauser, uh, during the exhibition run here leading up to this season, if, uh, they're able to make some adjustments off of what they did against him in that particular outing there. Um, he looked real strong in, in that exhibition outing there. He had some nice crisp, uh, breaking stuff. And so hopefully the Sox hitters will be able to make some adjustments, have a little bit better understanding as far as how his ball moves and, and what type of break he gets on his pitches. And hopefully they can go out there and attack him early and uh, let's get, a, get on the board quickly and let's get a lead. Yep. I am all for that game plan. Um, you got a pick to click. Who's getting it done tomorrow? Yeah. So for tomorrow's pick to click, I am going to go with uh, your boy, Larry legend Garcia. Nice. I went with him tonight. He did not uh, come through for me on this, but like I said, it's all made up. Points don't matter um, for this, but it is fun uh, to go and try and pick these. So, uh, yeah, Larry's over four after having two like multi-hit games in a row. It might have been three for the last uh, times that he's you know actually been in for a starting role uh, in there. But yeah, that's a that's a good pick. Uh, seems to be finding his way on base a lot lately. Just uh, you know, outside of tonight. So um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, Let's see. Oh, I like it. You, you convinced me with the article today, uh, the evolution of Eloy. Uh, I got to go with, you know, uh, big number 74 Eloy. I'd like to see another concourse bomb uh, from him. So that, that's that's where I'm going to leave it. Eloy for my pick to click tomorrow. All right. Uh, getting close to wrapping this thing up, Steve. Uh, you got a shout out for tonight. Yeah, my shout out is going to go to my guy. Everything socks. Um, everything underscore 
socks. Uh, just real, real fun, funny guy has, has kind of a dry sense of humor, uh, similar to me. And, you know, he's another guy that shares a viewpoint similar to mine on the column A side of the equation. I know, <laughs> I know, uh, we obviously kind of disagree with that, uh, between you, me and Tony on that one. So, um, you know, but, uh, he, he's, he's a good Twitter follow on there. So, uh, everybody give him a, give him a shout out and give him a follow. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, you got to have both sides, though. You can't, it'd be redundant. It'd be just talking in circles if we all just agreed on everything all the time. So that's great about having the opposing viewpoints on here. You know, Tony's going to come on here and say cock tats are for closers, and then you're going to go and tell us why he's going to get lit up the next time out. So I love it. I love hearing both sides of it, and I can understand both, but I do stand with Calame uh, if you're asking for my position. Yeah, um, just because the results are there, man. There's like I said, sometimes life is greasy. It's the way it is. Is. Uh, so it does no, make it I'll, a little uncomfortable, but that it is what it is. So, and I'll say, and I'll say this much: I want nothing more than to be wrong about Alex Colome, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted nothing more than to be wrong about Nick Madrigal. Because if I'm wrong, the socks are really good, and then I'm going to be really happy. So I can't lose. Yeah, I love that. The the prove me wrong. I kind of like doing that and poking the bear. Like, oh, this guy's you know, it's not going to happen for him. And then they got to prove you wrong, and then you eat your words gladly. And then you enjoy the wins. So that's that's what we love about it here. Uh, my shout out here before we get too far straying from the path. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Socks on Tap followers in general. Anybody who responded to that tweet uh, that we put out. Tony came up with the question, but I uh, tweeted it out. Uh, who would win in a four-man fight? And we had Yohan Mancata, Jose Abreu, Jimmy Cordero, and Luis Robert. Uh, we all had some interesting thoughts on that that we shared in our group, Steve. And then some people uh, responded with theirs, so we appreciate them. But make sure you're tuning in to this upcoming Sunday Funday show where we will uh, go round table and talk about this four-man uh, hypothetical fight and we'll give our predictions for who would win. So look forward to that for Sunday fun day. Um, that'll do it for the uh, remainder of this episode, though. Um, once again, White Sox win tonight. Three to two. We are on a six-game winning streak. That is cool and tough. Um, tomorrow night's game, seven ten p.m. Back on the South Side against the same Brewers. So before we close down, make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at ontapsportsnet and at socks on tap. And then if you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen: Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all of the above. Um, we'd really appreciate it. So, Steve, let's close it out how we always do. White Sox forever. For life.